Will you please stand up and put your hands on your hips with wrists upwards? Now, let's all just laugh. <laughs> Then Master told me that you should do that first thing in the morning when you get up. And it's even better than sitting for a long time and getting your legs stiff. Now, how do you feel? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Michaels, and today we're going to talk about laughter. I uh, don't know about you, but I think that's hilarious to listen to other people laughing. Like, I was smiling the whole time. I was holding back my laughter because the mic was on, so I didn't want to ruin the joy of Alan Watts' laughter right there. Um, I suppose I wouldn't have ruined it, but, but yeah, I find that laughter is a central part of my life, mostly thanks to my husband, who is the funniest man I've ever, ever met. So I'm very lucky to have a comedian living with me. Um, uh, Before we get into laughter as medicine, I just want to say thank you guys for being with me again today. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining our private Facebook group, Mind Body Masters. I'm so, so grateful for all of your support and uh, very grateful to you for um, putting your faith in me as part of your uh, weekly routine. So thank you guys. I so, so appreciate all of you. And uh, just a little reminder, if you can leave me a review on iTunes, that would be awesome. I um, just want to give a shout out to, well, there's two people that review like almost every episode. So for 
getting well, I just want to say thank you for your consistent reviews. I, I notice every time you kind of give a new one. Um, you wrote a new one for Allie Dameron's podcast last week. Um, and then the um, the person whose name is Pom Bum Buckless. Both of you are stellar reviewers, and I so, so appreciate you guys um, giving me love every time. It's like just uh, it just goes to show how much you love me and I love you. And so thank you guys so much for for being there for me. Um, And so, yeah, so laughter as medicine. We kind of have this like super unfortunate tendency as we get older of becoming quite serious about life. And especially when we're in the throes of chronic pain, I feel like we tend to become even more serious because what we're going through feels so serious. So then, of course, laughter doesn't flow quite as easily for us, but I would encourage you, even if you don't feel like laughing, to do your body a favor and rediscover humor in your life. Like find some some way to rekindle that innate uh, need for laughter. We're going to go over some of the ways that laughter helps us today, and uh, and then at the end, I'm going to share with you this like laughing. Uh, video that um, brought me to tears, actually. Um, So yeah, so as I said, I'm very blessed to have a spouse who is literally the funniest person I've ever met. And although maybe his jokes have become somewhat normal to me, and maybe I don't laugh as often as his at his jokes as a stranger would, because uh, they don't quite shock me anymore. <laughs> um, he'll still call me and leave me spontaneous song messages on my voicemail, which will always make me bust out laughing. Um, he, his, If you were to call him and listen to his voicemail right now, <laughs> he has uh, the music for do the hustle and he says leave a message <laughs> and he like he's known for his voicemails like his brothers will call him many times in a row to show other people that they're with the funny messages that my my husband records and the only time he's ever changed it changed it to a professional message is when he's trying to get a new job so um so yeah so i'm going to give you a preview of what's to come you guys we are well, my husband is in the midst of creating a TMS song for you guys. Um, so here's a little sneak preview right here. But real, oh, start over. Your doctor is telling you that your spine's no good, but it's just added up pressure from your childhood. Your parents did the best they could. <laughs> So, so that's a sneak preview of what's to come. We're trying to put it together into something coherent, but we've got a, a bunch of uh, little quips like that. So look forward to that. We were going to add it to today's episode, but we're not quite ready yet. So look forward to that in a future episode. But laughter is like the ultimate way that we can let go of our defenses and our shields in life. And when we are hurting or when we're feeling anxious, our defenses are just naturally up and holding steady. So laughter can trigger 
so many emotions to arise when you laugh heartily because when you're letting go like that, it's like suddenly the the gate is open for the rest of your emotional self to come through and and kind of purge what it has going on underneath. So like I said, I'm going to have you um, watch or listen to this video that I'm going to play at the end. That's a woman named Stephanie Nash. And it's good to watch the video too. So I'll post the actual video in the show notes. Um, But the first time I watched this video and did the the laughing exercise with her, I found myself sobbing at the end, like just real tears, like real like laughter turned to not like laughing tears, but I was crying and I was like, what's happening? Like, I didn't even know like what it was about. You know, I tried to kind of figure it out for a minute and I'm like, what, like, what is this? And I looked down at the comments and the first like most popular comment was, um, I'm crying WTF. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, okay. So, so yeah, so I looked it up and it was, it's a thing where if you, have this natural like belly laughter it can just open up your heart to allow other emotions to come through that need to be processed so I let myself sob and I've done it a couple times since then and um, yeah I find it to be really really healing and uh, in healing back pain if you remember um, if you've read it um, which at this point in the podcast I hope you all have um, Dr. Sarno mentions uh this author and journalist, Norman Cousins, who wrote a classic novel called The Anatomy of an Illness as Perceived by the Patient. So in 1964, uh, Norman Cousins went on a trip to Russia. It was pretty stressful. And when he returned, he was in so much pain. He went to the doctor because he knew something was wrong. And he was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis, which left him in almost constant pain And his doctors gave him a doozy of a nocebo by telling him that he had a one in 500 chance of recovery and they gave him just a few months to live. So unlike most people, he took it upon himself to not take this prognosis as his unavoidable fate. He instead checked himself out of the hospital and decided to find some healing strategies of his own. He was lucky enough to have doctors around him who actually encouraged his active role in the recovery process, and they agreed to work with him on a level of cooperative partnership. So Cousins said, I had a fast-growing conviction that a hospital is no place for a person who is seriously ill. So what he did was he moved out of the hospital into a hotel, discarding heavy drug dependency in favor of large doses of vitamin C and heroic doses of humor. Norman ultimately regained full function of his body and claimed that 10 minutes of belly-ripping laughter would give him two hours of pain-free sleep during a time when nothing else, not even morphine, could touch his pain. This book is so well worth a read if you haven't yet read it. Cousins knew on a deep level the connection between mind, body, and spirit at a time when we were kind of losing that wisdom inside of the medical community. He actually worked with medical students and was especially interested in the way that the physician communicates with patients and discovered how language used in communicating with the patient held the power to assist recovery. And conversely, 
how when they use disempowered language that that could impede recovery or even speed degeneration. Cousins said, any person with a serious illness has two sets of needs. One is represented by the illness itself, and the other consists of emotional needs of the patient. And the sicker you are, the greater those emotional needs. You just don't treat one half of the patient, the physical side. There's this profound requirement that I speak of to address yourself to the emotional needs of people who would otherwise be emotionally devastated. So Cousins knew that the attitudes and emotions of the patient have a great deal to do with health or the lack thereof. And so because we're so prone to think of illness as being caused by things out there, it's really difficult for us to recognize that really serious illness can be caused by ideas, emotions, and attitudes. Intuitively, I think we all know on a deeper level that laughing is one of the best tools we have for dealing with stress, and science actually backs that up. Research into laughter shows that it's a potent drug with the contagious power of a virus that holds powers that can greatly benefit benefit the body and mind. We are currently living in a day and age where we are all just looking for our own little piece of relief. And so it's no wonder that we have this opioid crisis of epidemic proportions all around us. But the most recent studies on laughter show that laughing, especially with others, releases endorphins in the brain. Endorphins are our own internal opioids. So laughing can help us tap into our own homegrown pharmacy. This endorphin effect also explains why social laughter is so contagious. Spreading endorphin release through groups promotes a sense of togetherness and safety. Each brain in a social unit is a transmitter of those feelings, which then triggers the feel-goods in other brains via laughter. It's like a game of endorphin dominoes. That's why when someone starts laughing, others will also laugh, even if they're not sure what everyone is laughing about. I'll put another video in the show notes of a man laughing at his phone on the subway, and before you know it, the entire train is erupted in laughter. And it's a best it's best to view that video, so I'll I'll put it there for you and I won't play it here, but it is hilarious. And so laughing also activates the release of serotonin, the same brain chemical that is used in antidepressants, SSRIs. And it's not clear like how long it sticks around, but the burst of brain activity in laughter is undoubtedly potent, at least for a small amount of time. So like this brings me back to when I was in high school. I felt pretty depressed most of the time in high school. High school is like the hardest time I think for kids and parents aren't, they don't like remember that or at least things might be different nowadays than they were long ago. Uh, But I would like just try to feel as depressed as possible when I felt depressed. So I would go driving around in my Volvo 240DL and I would listen to Radiohead and Elliot Smith on repeat, which are both like two very sad artists. Um, They're good, but they're like sad and depressing. 
And, um, and I guess there's a small validity to like getting it all out and allowing yourself to feel your feelings and all that. But I would just kind of stay stuck there and, uh, like smoke cigarettes and just drive around the mall parking lot and cry. And, uh, (laughs) and nowadays I think I would be more prone to put a funny movie on or listen to a comedian or otherwise have someone um, tell me a funny joke. So, um, so, and nowadays like Netflix is just chock full of comedy specials that are all well worth a watch. The old Ellen DeGeneres special stand up is on there. And that's so funny to me. I love Ellen. And uh, as Molly recommended in episode 21 of this podcast, Maria Bamford is really good at like laughing at her own struggles with mental health and making light of what most would consider a quite serious issue. So if we can laugh at our struggles, we can inspire empowerment in the face of what we're going through and not kind of fall into that whole like victim mentality, which is so easy to fall into when we're hurting or when we're sad. So um, research also shows that laughter has an anti-inflammatory effect that protects blood vessels and heart muscles from the damaging effects of cardiovascular disease. How this happens isn't quite entirely understood, but it seems related to just lessening the body's stress response, which is directly linked to increased inflammation. So regular hearty laughter should probably be a part of everyone's heart disease prevention program. And finally, energetically and vibrationally speaking, the spirit that lives inside of our physical bodies is greatly affected by laughter. That's why when you're in an argument with someone and one person suddenly bursts out laughing, although it might take the other person a little while to like start laughing too, um, if the other person keeps going with the laughter, it's highly likely that both will be laughing soon. And then the entire energy of the room shifts and both wonder what they were arguing about in the first place. So... So yeah, so that's it for today, guys. I tried to find all kinds of funny jokes for you, but in practicing with my husband last night, I realized my delivery is pretty terrible, which um, might have actually been funny for all of you. But instead, I'll share with you this Stephanie Lash, Stephanie Nash laughing demonstration, and I'll encourage you to even go ahead and let yourself go, join along, and see what happens. Fake laughter can turn to real laughter real quick, even if it's just coming from laughing at yourself, which is just as valid as as any other laughter. So I guess I will end things here. My prescription to all of you is to intentionally bring at least 20 minutes of hearty belly laughter into your everyday life. Watch some funny movies, listen to some funny comedians, or just call up a friend and ask them to tell you some funny jokes. You might be surprised what they can come up with. Oh, one last thing. Did you guys hear that Bob Barker died? He was hit by a new car! (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) We'll see you next week. My name is Stephanie Nash. Today, we're going to laugh. (laughs) That's that's the reaction I want. It's like, huh. Her laughter was just really out of the blue. I wasn't expecting it. We're all sitting there, we're talking. She goes, I'm going to teach you how to laugh today. (laughs) Ha!
<laughs> I was like, um, <laughs> I want to lean over to, to Natalie and be like, can we just like run right now? Or like, I don't know. When we have stuff happening in our life, or especially if there's one event that we're dealing with a lot, it can create a kind of stuck emotional habit pattern. And then to move to another way to respond to something isn't as likely. So laughing is a way of kind of boosting through that, of breaking that up and helping free that. Well, one thing we can start with is smiling. Now, I am talking to you right now, and I am not smiling. I can talk in the same way, and I can put a huge teeth grin to where I'm like that, and the content of what I'm saying is the same, but I've got this huge smile, and you guys are now laughing, right? Now, know what you're feeling, whether we do a big... She's crying. You're good. <laughs> So whether we do this big, huge smile or even a nice smile, there's a pleasant sensation you got from that. If we believe that we can control the world we live in, imagine everyone who sees you as you move through the world gets hit with a wave of that positive feeling. You cannot be in a room with Stephanie and not laugh. I got a laughing attack immediately, which actually made the entire session a lot better. I get told I laugh like a superhero. Laugh like a superhero? When I laugh really big, it's like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, I love that. I That's don't. That's great. <laughs> I feel silly. Sometimes I, like, I correct my laugh when I, when oh, I do Oh, OK. I'm going to encourage you not to correct your laugh. <laughs> that is beautiful. That is a God-given power. So much of the suffering we have is judging, and most of it is judging ourselves. I think one of the barriers to being whole, for me, can be insecurity. If you. Um, don't feel confident about aspects of what you do or who you are, that can be a, a setback. Now I'm gonna show you a uh, boost to a big laugh, and it's just literally slap, let all the air out, make a sound like pushing out the air at the end, like the end of a laugh, big breath in, and then up from the high, and then just giggle, whatever happens. Make mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. I want you to think of this as an exercise to kind of get that diaphragm going, okay? So. This is your prescription. The dynamic laugh we just did, for a minimum of 30 seconds, before you leave for the day and when you get home. And the other one would be smiling. Find a time to smile privately and in public. And it's been lovely working with you. Good luck on your journey here. I'm into this stuff, but I did have a moment where I was like, what is this new agey bullshit? I did feel awkward at points, just laughing. I mean, like, ha, 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 Something about me being self-conscious of, like, I've got a fake laughter. This seems like what psycho people do. They laugh for no reason. I think the beauty was the reminder that you don't have to have a reason to laugh. You can do it just for the exercise and for the health benefits of it. 